Good morning, everyone. We're very happy to be here and share with you a little bit about what Rainforest Alliance is doing in the world of social metrics. So the Rainforest Alliance logo, as you can see, is a frog. But today, I want to talk to you about butterflies. The butterfly effect, a concept proposed by Edward Lawrence that a hurricane's formation could be the consequence of a butterfly flapping its wings weeks earlier and miles away. It's a theme popular in fiction, particularly fiction involving time travel, where a course of action today dramatically changes future events. Well, as we all know, in the world of sustainability, the butterfly effect is not fiction. The idea that one individual's actions can have a ripple effect around the world is a powerful one. Who would not want to change the world to make life better for ourselves, our children, and those that share our planet? Well, we can. Understanding what needs to happen today to change the future in a positive and sustainable way is the challenge. Social metrics is part of the answer. It's a cliche, but the world truly is getting smaller every day. Consumers are becoming more aware of the impact their consumption has on the people who produce their products. And a change in purchasing choices, no matter how small, can make a real difference in people's lives and the quality of the environment. And we now have a few examples to illustrate why sustainable sourcing is so important. Data shows that Rainforest Alliance certified tea farms have provided educational assistance to nearly 15,000 school children in the form of infrastructure, help with school fees, and school supplies. A 2011 study found that Rainforest Alliance certified cocoa farmers in Cote d'Ivoire produce significantly more on a hectare of land than non-certified farmers, earning them on average $290 more per hectare. And these farmers also felt that their overall economic situation had improved, 42% more than non-certified farmers. And at the same time, we're seeing positive impacts in the natural resource base and ecosystems on which human well-being depends. Sustainable agriculture practices have played a key role in improving the quality of streams that, com that communities in Colombia rely on for water. In this 2010 study, researchers used diverse indicators of water quality, including erosion, streamside vegetation, and biological indicators, and found that stream quality on certified farms was significantly better than on non-certified farms. Education, productivity, water quality, these are just a few ways that we're now measuring social sustainability. But the reality is that while we've come a long way, Credible demonstration and evaluation of impact is difficult. And credibility in the eyes of customers and clients is key to the success of sustainable sourcing. So today we're, we're hearing and are going to hear more about promising new metrics in this world of social sustainability. New ideas that go take us far beyond this input-output measurement. And in the early days of Rainforest Alliance, social metrics were really limited to measuring compliance of large-scale operations to standards designed to protect workers. And while this is still an important part of what we do, we're now also measuring the broader social and economic conditions of those workers and their communities and of small-scale farming families. 
and we increasingly facilitate research to determine if the positive impacts that we see are indeed a direct result of the practices that we promote. For Rainforest Alliance, social sustainability metrics are about measuring our effectiveness at supporting the long-term well-being of the farmers, foresters, and tourism workers that we reach. As a nonprofit organization, we have limited research dollars. <clears throat> but comprehensive research is necessary for us to credibly claim responsibility for the positive social changes. So to balance the affordable, streamlined methods with the deep-dive scientific research, we've adopted a pyramid approach to monitoring and evaluation. So at the base of the pyramid, we collect information on the reach of our operations. So for example, the geographic location, the number of people we train, the number of workers protected by sustainability standards. These are the things that we can easily collect through our existing processes and with existing capacity. At the second tier, we collect information on socioeconomic and environmental outcomes using methods that require a little bit more investment, but they're still relatively feasible and cost-effective. So the data we collect at this level allows us to look at trends over time, though we may not be able to pinpoint the cause of those trends. So for example, if we were looking at water quality, we could say people in this community have access to clean water, but we may not be able to say definitively why. So to be worth the investment, the information we gather at this tier two level needs to have some learning value, generate some learning value on its own, or it needs to be used to look at correlations with sustainability practices. So our tier two social indicators will soon be presented in what we're calling the social indicators dashboard. And they fall into four categories. The first is basic needs. And these are our status indicators. And they're relevant to collect at this tier two level because regardless of whether or not we directly influence them, it's important for us to know whether or not the people that we work with are able to meet their basic requirements for food, water, shelter, and education. The second category is occupational health. And these are compliance indicators representing achievement of certification criteria. And because they're directly related to our, our own operations, our contribution can be more or less established without more in-depth research. The third is natural resources. And these are environmental indicators that are directly linked to human well-being, but they're still relatively easy to measure. And then the fourth category is productivity and income. And these are a little bit different. And so in our model, productivity and revenue are expected to drive the improvements in livelihoods. But these indicators, productivity and income, are still insufficient without more context. And the example I'm going to give in a moment will help to explain why. So one way to establish context or to test indicators is through this third tier. Oops. Is through this third level, this top level, through research. And this is what I like to call the so what tier. At this level, research, and it could be quantitative or qualitative, tells us what all the other information at the base and the middle of the pyramid really means. And in some cases, it verifies the information or the results that we see at those two levels. So at the top of the pyramid, we work with researchers and consultants to conduct studies in a manner that allows us to attribute changes to our own interventions. 
So if we were to look at water quality at this top level, we'd be able to say people in this community have access to clean water because of the sustainability practices that we promote. And research can also tell us what these changes mean to the overall well-being of the people that we reach. So while butterflies may be free, <laughs> research is not. But it is necessary if we want to credibly claim responsibility for positive social change, and if we want to better understand both the positive and negative results in order to fix problems or sustain progress. And the research we're doing at Rainforest Alliance is giving us deeper insight into the lives and the livelihoods of the people that, we, that produce the food and forestry products. So in Bantang, Indonesia, a consulting firm called the Food Economy Group recently completed a pre-intervention baseline study that will be used to evaluate Rainforest Alliance's activities in cocoa-producing areas. The baseline compares the social and economic conditions of farmers that will soon receive Rainforest Alliance assistance with those farmers that will not receive assistance. And in three years, the study will be repeated to see what the impact has been. And over the course of these three years, we'll also be monitoring the sustainability practices that each family adopts and monitoring changes in the natural resources that they rely on. So in three years, we should have a better, a better understanding of how our interventions and how our standards are affecting their overall economic, social, and natural systems. So the results so far show that a middle-income household of four grows about 16 different kinds of crops on about one and a third hectares of land. Half of that land is used for cocoa production which earns them 22% of their total household income. The rest of the food and crops, food and cash crops, earn them the equivalent of 28% of their total household income. The rest of their income is coming from other sources. So business, uh, employment, livestock. And if our household is an upper middle income household, they earn the equivalent of $2.40 per person per day. So that's $3,500 annually for our family of four. And with that money, they meet their basic needs, they send their children to school, and they invest in their livelihoods and their communities, often providing employment for their neighbors during the harvest season. They'll spend the equivalent of $466, or 13% of their income, on inputs and investments. The majority of that will go towards the farm, of which about 40% will go towards cocoa. So this baseline study has taught us about how farming families we work with operate, how their human and financial resources are divided, and how they prioritize their spending. And once they adopt Rainforest Alliance standards, we expect to see, as we have in other places, an increase in cocoa production and revenue. So what? So what does that really mean? Well, this research methodology that we're using allows us to answer that question by looking at cocoa production within the context of a household's entire livelihood system. And it's the first time that this methodology is being used to measure the impact of certification. Now, among other things, it's, it will calculate the true cost of cocoa production for these farmers. There could be financial costs associated with improved inputs, but there could also be opportunity costs if, for example, 
cocoa expansion displaces other food and cash crops. And there may be unforeseen benefits. Farmers may be able to, to employ their neighbors, provide them more stable income, for example. So with this type of research, we're also understanding the essential link between environmental and social sustainability. By measuring how changes in farm dynamics and local economic systems affect biological diversity and natural resource use. And in the end, we expect to see that the net benefit to farmers will far outweigh the costs. But research will tell us whether or not our expectations meet reality. And we can be confident that when we share our results with you and with the consumers, that our results are credible. So consumers have a choice. And as their demand for sustainable products grows, so does the opportunity to make an even greater difference. 83% of consumers think that companies should accomplish business goals while improving society and the environment. This is according to the Do, do Well, Do Good Public Opinion Survey on Sustainability. At Rainforest Alliance, certified cocoa, tea, and coffee production alone have grown fivefold in the last decade. So social sustainability metrics are about measuring the long-term well-being of the individuals and communities who provide the products that we've come to rely on. The role of Rainforest Alliance is to promote conduct that supports that well-being, measure its impact, and then encourage the consumer to make that impact sustainable through their purchases. So it's a collaboration. We provide them with insight into the product they're buying, and you provide them with the opportunity to purchase a product that makes a difference in the lives of the people who produce it. Together, we give them the opportunity to flop their wings, knowing that weeks later, and miles away, it will make a difference. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, you, you mentioned context, and that's a theme that's dear to many of us here. There's going to be a breakout session this afternoon on uh, context of sustainability metrics. For me, one of the things that means is the relationship of one metric to another. And what stood out for me is when you talked about raising farmers' income about 290-some-odd dollars, Mm -hmm. per year, it's also almost quadrupling yes. from their base income, which is really a striking, striking impact. Thank you for that. Any questions for Jessica? One could, if you wanted to stand back uh, critically and ask about the research confirmation that you discussed, is that you could be subject to some of the same criticism that, say, the pharmaceutical companies are subject to when they do their own research on their products. And so, because there's always unconscious bias, because you want your work to be successful and so on. So, um, can you comment on that, on that aspect of credibility? Yeah, no, I, no it's, it's a very important point. I mean, having some level of objectivity, one could say there's no such thing as pure objectivity. But, um, you know, having some objectivity is critical to this whole conversation about credibility. And so, you know, we do try and do some, some um, impact research at that top tier ourselves and work with consultants to do it because we need to do it for our own learning um, and in order to make improvements in our system. But we really rely on and try and encourage um, universities and you know, researchers to go out and conduct research on their own um, on our system because we, you know, again, we, we, we want that information to help us with our own learning, but th those impacts need to be out there for, for everyone else to see, and it, need, and it needs to be objective, and so that would have to be through other funding, obviously. Okay. Jessica, thank you again. Thank you.